Thank you for tuning in at Ravenna Assembly of God. We hope you enjoy this message and are blessed from it. If you want to tune in to more messages, log on to RavennaAG.com and search under the Media tab. Thank you and God bless.
in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day, God, the day that you have made. And as we enter your courts with thanksgiving and your house of praise, I pray that your presence would move upon us, Lord. We position, we align ourselves to you. Would you wake our hearts and our bodies and, our, and allow ourselves to focus on you, removing distractions and realizing, God, that you are the author and perfecter of our faith, God. So today we love you, we pray that we would honor and magnify you with our words, our music, Lord, everything that we do. We pray this all in Jesus' name that everyone said, Amen. 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 Let's worship today. Oh 
under his control. I'm under his love. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. I don't operate outside of that. I, I live within that. Whereby is rest. You want to get messed up and tensed up? Just go ahead and, and watch the news for a while, I guess. But there's a peace that surpasses all understanding. Guess who his name is? The marvelous, wonderful name of Jesus. This world and what's in it wants to put a name on me. I've been called a lot of things. How about you? <laughs> but there's only one name that I care about. That's the name he has given me. His child. That changes everything. How many would say here this morning, Pastor, I need, I believe in God for it? You just want to signify that by just raising your hand. Whether we have situations, circumstances, minister all over the place. God knows each and every one of them. I want to continue to remember. As many of you have heard the news with Steve Carlton, uh, that he now has been diagnosed with stage three cancer, esophagus-wise. And we just, you know, there's, you just you shake your head at that stuff, but you know what? It, that's not, no, don't let it name him. Don't even think about it in that terms. I mean, don't deny the fact that that's there. That's not the issue. But let God. And there's so many ways I want to put that on. But in all truth this morning, we are his children. And in the name of Jesus, say it with me. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we declare we stand here in your glory in your goodness, in your mercy, in your love, in who you are. We don't come up with things to flatter or to describe. We declare and affirm who our God is. We are yours and you are ours. I, I give you praise and honor and glory. Hallowed be thy name. And we declare your kingdom in this place. Your kingdom around us. Let your name continue to be glorified and lifted up. Let the heavens be rent. I pray that the enemy be rebuked. I pray in the name of Jesus, all that stands against and comes up before, find itself powerless, subdued, and overrun by the victory of the cross and the resurrection. In other words, it's already been done. And you're saying to us, it's time to stand on that victory. Stand on what's been done in the fullness of who you are. So we do pray that you would impart your health unto Steve this morning. And that you would surround him, anoint him, touch him, affirm unto him with a peace and an assurance and a rest that doesn't make sense to the rest of the world. Holy Spirit, there are other needs in this house. You know them, you've seen them, 
You're not, you're aware of them. You're very aware of them. You're working stuff out in them. Even though we might not see it right now, you're completing what only you can complete. So I pray for breakthroughs. I pray for healings. I pray for assurance. I pray for hope. I pray that in the name that is above every other name, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords shine through. Holy Spirit, we walk by faith, not by sight. So even if Oh, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Say it with me again. In the name of Jesus, we declare these things done in your name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. And give him glory. Will you give him praise this morning? Amen. Do me a favor before you're seated here this morning. Turn around to about five or six people. Reach out, give them a fist bump or a smile or something. Can you do that? Services. 
is that they've come out from next door and across the street and they've set up and they've enjoyed the service with us. So we want to encourage you to be a part of that. Just dress casual. You don't have to, you know, what am I saying? Well, aren't I casual now? Well, feel free to wear shorts, okay? I won't because I don't want to drive y'all crazy. But, <laughs> but anyways, we want to invite you to be a part of that after the service is done. If you can stick around for a little bit, we're going to have some snow cones and hot dogs for you. But otherwise, you can go ahead and take off. And I know you'll have family events that day, being the 4th of July. But we want to encourage you to be a part of that morning service. It's going to be a lot of fun, but we're going to go after God nonetheless. The word's not going to be compromised or diminished. And his praise is not going to be downsized. We're going to come together and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And let, let those who would join with us join with us. Amen? So, you looking forward to that? <laughs> yeah, I, I am. I'm looking forward to giving, giving them that, you know, a nice little point and having the go, go back. <laughs> That was weird the first Sunday that we came back after the parking lot services, and, and I wasn't hearing any horns. I needed a horn, just a horn player to begin with, you know what I'm saying? But anyways, please note that if you will. Also, just as a, a reminder to our young people that uh, on Father's Day and on the 4th of July, there will be no services that evening for them. Um, BYOB tickets are on sale starting today. Build your own burger. We're going to have a great night of fellowship, connectivity. We're going to come together. We're going to be barbecuing some hot dogs and hamburgers. And then we're going to have all the other fixings that go along with it. Stuff for you to put on there from all the cheeses on down to <clears throat> bologna. Have you ever tried bologna on your hamburger? It's the greatest thing in the world. Didn't say it was healthy. Said it's, it's the greatest thing in the world. But we'll have all sorts of toppings you can put on your burger that you can enjoy with it. So, but we'll also have all the other stuff from, you know, potato salad and all the stuff that you would go with a kind of a picnic uh, basis. But that's on Thursday the 8th, right after the 4th of July. So please note that, if you will, at this point, Pastor Melissa has something that she is looking at sharing this morning. So I'm going to ask her to come and take a few moments. <laughs> I did want to say real quick, when we do that outdoor service, um, we are excited. We're going to do a kids outdoor service, too. So they're going to get to come around the front of the church, and we're going to have a fun time with them. So um, if you bring your kiddos that day, we will have a good time. It'll be different for them because they were always in the cars with you, and this time we're going to let them out. So it's going to be fun compared to but I just wanted can, can we talk about this? <laughs> if you see a stray one, run around. Just send them back around front. No, I'm just kidding. We'll keep them safe, I promise. No, we are super excited about what we have coming up in July. It's something a little different than we've done. Um, we had started leaning towards, in the summers, really creating an outreach-based atmosphere for our kids to learn to not always look inward, but to really look outward. And so in July, we're having two nights that are called our kids' nights, July 7th and July 21st. They're Wednesday nights from 6 to 8. And it's going to be like VBS-style slash out outreach. We're going to have praise time in here, Bible lessons, games with the kids. But then part of the night is an outreach. And so on July 7th, what we'll be doing 
is we're creating game bags for uh, Terrell Suites, which is a housing development off of Cleveland Road. There's 110 kids that live there. And we are gonna create game bags for 110 kids that night. The kids that come will get to like DIY a Frisbee for them. They'll get to help create a card for them, fill the bags with all the things that we're gonna have for them, and then pray over those bags that are gonna get to go. Uh, the second night on the 21st, we're gonna create crafts and gifts for the residents of Longmeadow across the street here from the church, the nursing home that's there. So we're super excited for the kids to be a part of this. We also encourage any of our families, like if you wanna stay with your kiddo that night, we want you to be there. We want this to be what you need. You wanna do it with your kid, come with them. If you have to go grocery shopping and that's the only time you have, you drop them off with us, we're gonna fill them with Jesus and you can get your groceries. So it's a win-win whatever way it happens. But we just wanna encourage you to be part of those nights. But to make these nights happen, we are asking you to partner with us in a couple different ways. There are some uh, donation things out there. Some of them are like physical, like goldfish crackers to give the kids a snack that night that are gonna be helping with the outreach stuff, simple stuff like that. Um, but also $5 helps us provide one bag for a kid and $5 helps us provide one gift and craft item for a long meadow resident. So even if you wanna just give $5, you're gonna help bless someone and you're gonna help a child here be part of that too. It's just this big circle that's amazing that we all get to connect with. If you're interested in doing any of that part, it's all out there. There's information. Miss Wendy will be back there. Sorry, I always call her Miss Wendy because she's a teacher downstairs. Um, <laughs> and the other way is we need some volunteers to help us. If you love to come out that night, um, work with the kids, help with the outreach part, just have fun investing in some kids, please sign up. You can sign up for one night, both nights. You can look into it. Um, those are back there for you to sign up. We will run a background check because we always keep our kiddos safe, um, but we would love to have for you join us. The last thing, I promise, talking fast. I know there's a lot we're doing this morning. We want to get everything in. It's all important. The last thing is that we would love to have your kids just pre-register so we know how much to prepare for. So there is um, a link on our website. There's a QR code on the flyer back there. Please invite other kids too. This is not just for our church. If you know kids that would want to come, invite them to come be a part of that night. There's a QR code. You scan it. You fill out the form. You're registered. There's no cost. We don't want this to be a cost to families. And um, also there is on our ministry page of the website. That's where you'll find the link to fill out the form and register the kiddos. So I know I've given you a ton of information. Please, if you have questions, let me know, but we're super, super excited and we want all of you to be a part. Have a good day, guys. Okay, <laughs> let's bow our heads in a word of prayer for this session. That's gonna be a great time. Again, just, just a little sidebar on that is the fact that also your legacy offering helps to firm that up besides what they're doing and what they're asking for you to do. Matter of fact, if you were to take a walk downstairs, you can see that we've already upgraded the entire downstairs with new lighting fixtures. You can actually go downstairs and see that the walls are painted. It's an amazing thing. And uh, we're gonna be finishing up here and getting to the outside from there, but also the new sound system gets installed this next week on Tuesday. Please pray for us. We're trying to keep Scott's hands off of it. 
<laughs> but anyways, yeah, we're excited about what God's doing again with the outreaches, with the things that are taking place. But I think one of the most exciting things that you saw in your bulletin here this morning, we have now gone over $20,000. This is one of the biggest offerings that we've had as far as what we see happening. so much So again, thank you for your love and your faithfulness and just your generosity. Because again, as one of our values, generosity changes lives. Amen? It does. It impacts. It, it enables. It, 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 it equips hands to do that which he's called us to do. So again, I want to say thank you for that. Again, it's a value of generosity changes lives. Let me give you another value. We need each other. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you need me. <laughs> this morning is a special morning as we receive into our fellowship new partners. Partners that, that make a huge difference. And I'm going to ask for the following, if they would, to make their way to the front of our sanctuary, uh, Greg and Linda Bowser. Uh, Greg, unfortunately, is, is at work. It's the first, Saturday, first Sunday he's been called to work in, in who knows how long, and they just happened to pick this Sunday. So Linda's coming to stand not only in for her, but for her husband as well. Crystal Davis. Crystal's coming. She's taking a break from the nursery this morning to be a part of this. And, and somebody that's been waiting to do this for a long time, Noelle Lawrence is coming to become a member of this morning as well. Yeah, let's welcome them. No way there, that, that we can think otherwise than to say you guys are a blessing to this house. It's because of you ministry continues because of you, this house exists. And when I talk about partnership, go ahead and take me to the next slide if you would. It, it says in scripture that in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Bottom line. I love that part that says, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Partnership is huge. Can I have that next slide? And, and that's because partners are not spectators. They are owners. So you're not just sitting back watching what's going on and saying, well, don't I have a word in this because I'm a member? No, you're an owner. That means that the way this house exists is because of you. It can't happen without you. Every partner in this place is expected to be of ministry-oriented, involved, being a part of things. We carry that, as an owner, we carry that responsibility. We take care of what we own, do we not? I mean, your husband's not here, but you still own him, so you're going to take care of him, right? <laughs> just, just say it. But, but what I'm saying is we need each other. We can't do life alone. It just, it just doesn't happen. One strand is easily broken. 
for two or three chords, not so easily. And to remember our mission, which is this, developing people into winning Christians, mobilizing them for greater living and fulfilling ministry, both in the church and in the world. That's what we do here. That's what this is all about. Yeah, the scriptures do teach us that the church is the household of God. It's the body of, 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 of Christ together. And, and, and Christ is the head. And, and, and of that, it is designed, it is this design of the gospel to bring together in one everyone who is in Christ. The fellowship of the church is the communion that its partners enjoy one with another. And the reality of that fellowship is huge because we maintain, we support, we strengthen each other. We continue to know God's heart. Does it mean that we always will agree on everything? No. But you know what's beautiful about the body of Christ? When his love is present, we can agree to disagree. No big deal. Because there's more things at stake. There's the furthering of his kingdom. His heart. His presence. And anything that would come in between and quench that spirit, I'm sorry. It's got to go. It's not worth it. And with that, with that understanding, we come together as, that's what we call each other. You, you know why we call each other brothers and sisters? Sister Noel. It's because we carry the same blood, the blood of Jesus. We are brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. Join ears with our elder brother. In other words, we're related by blood. That's the deep thing. And so it's with that this morning that we want to welcome you and say thank you for being a part of this and to remind ourselves the awesome benefit of being an owner, not a spectator means that this house is something I'm responsible for. The ministry, the maintenance, the finances are all something I'm responsible for. And so this morning, do you promise by the aid of the Holy Spirit to walk together in Christian love, strive for the advancement of this church, for, for holiness and knowledge, promote its prosperity and spirituality, and sustain its worship, its doctrines, and contribute cheerfully and regularly to the support of the ministry and the activities of the church. Oh yeah. Do you also strive to the best of your ability to maintain, whether it be family or personal devotions, to seek the salvation of the lost, to walk circumspectly in the world, avoiding the very appearance of evil, and refuse to have any part of tail-bearing, back all that fun stuff they call out there, but to seek love instead of thinking of evil. 
And do you promise to watch over each other? In brotherly and sisterly love, I'm not sure about the brotherly part, but you know what I'm going at. To remember each other in prayer. To aid each other in distress and sickness and to be courteous and forgiving one to another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven us. At this point, I'm going to ask the board members that are here, along with their wives, if they're here, and I'm going to ask Kathy if she'll join us as well. And I'm going to ask you at this point, please turn and face the congregation so that they may see your lovely faces. And this morning, we want to pray over them, asking God to anoint them, to use them, to equip them, to guide them, to direct them, to know God's heart, to realize that when God asks them to do something, he equips them to do it. So as we stand here this morning and as we stand together believing God, would you stretch your hands out towards them this morning? Lord, thank you again for your goodness and your grace. Thank you for these whom you have blessed this house with. Thank you for their hearts towards the furthering of your kingdom. To see your name exalted. Become a part of something knowing that they can't do life alone. I pray that you will continue to grow them, supply them, provide for them, give them wisdom, insight, direction. Make them, I pray, a force to be reckoned with through and by the Holy Spirit. Again, for the furthering of your kingdom. Lay your hand upon them. Let them know they are loved, they are appreciated, and they are valued. Lord, let them become the winning Christians you have called them to be. As we bless them, as we pray your favor upon them, your protection, and your safety. Bless them, we pray, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Let's give it a break, shall we? Congregation, there's a there's an old chorus we used to sing. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I washed in the fountain,
before the message this morning, there's just a, a little video. I, I want you to grab hold of the depth of what it's saying here this morning. You know, this world is necessarily in the most stable place it's ever been. And in this world, there are divisions, there are conspiracies, there are mixed up scenarios and situations. There are strong leaders, there are weak leaders, there are all sorts of venues that this world is facing and looking at. And I don't know about you, but I've determined in my heart to keep my eyes fixed on the author and the perfecter of my faith, whose name is Jesus. In him, he has brought me thus far, and he'll bring me the rest of the way. Amen? Take a look at the video, if you would. Thank you. Sometimes it's moments of brokenness which create the greatest transformations. Times where fear gives birth to faith, pain leads to healing, and chaos dissolves into peace. It's in these times we often see God more clearly. For in our deepest turmoil, He remains faithful. When our spirit is crushed, He remains strong. When our moment is too heavy, He carries the burden. As gold is refined by fire, we too are often refined by struggle. It's part of growing changing, becoming. Lately, the journey has been difficult. Our breath has been labored. Our steps uneasy. But we stand in faith, knowing who is leading us through this desert. The God of peace, the God of hope, the God of restoration. There's a portion of scripture that's found there in Matthew chapter 11. I would ask for you to take a look at as we get started. It very simply says to take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Break that verse down when you have time. Break it down, take it apart, study it a little bit. He says take my yoke. My, that, that harness, my yoke, that, that thing that I'm joined to is upon you. And he says what? Learn from me. Learn. It's a huge word. It's a big question I could get into and go with a whole different uh, direction as far as a message is concerned. Just simply ask the question, are you teachable? Are you really? Does your wife or husband try to tell you something and you're not so teachable? The people that are maybe less qualified than you try to say something to you or direct you and eh, you're just not teachable. 
very independent, very strong will, very stubborn. Are you teachable? What does that even look like for you to be teachable? Well, let me tell you something. You can't learn until you are teachable. I'll learn my way. I told you, well, fine. But you're not going to learn Christ that way. He says, learn from me. That's what he says. And he goes on to say, because I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. But then that next verse, verse 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Friend, if someone's supposed to be a Christian, which to a lot of people that just simply means either doing this or not doing that. And, and it, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's nothing but a life of limitations. We're not allowed to do this. We're not allowed to do that. We're not allowed to go here. We're not allowed to go there. Not, you know, all, it's, it's just limitations of things we can and cannot do. The words that, that, that we associate with are, are not necessarily a light and easy burden, but more like, you know, determination, kind of dedication, vows, rededicating or rededicated, rededicated dedications. And yet all we seem to produce time after time in our life is something we call failure. Failure. And, 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 and let me tell you something. The enemy has a heyday, especially in this day and age. The enemy has a heyday when it comes to believers and failures and pounding them into the ground and the worthlessness that they feel and all those other things that come alongside that can distract them from keeping their eyes fixed on the author and perfecter of their faith. Friend, we're living in a day and age unlike anybody around that's living today has ever seen. And even those before, from, from what we're walking through, what we're going through, and to be honest with you, you know, I don't know how long we have. I don't know how long the Lord's going to carry. I don't know when he's coming back again because that's his deal. You know, I can I can make speculations, but, you know, I, I, I've been wrong before. That might be hard for you to believe, but, yeah, I've been wrong. We were we were going to Carozzi's open house yesterday, and and uh, I, I had my, my wife ask me, you know, I said, hey, I know what's that, not a problem. So I went down the road, down 43, right to the parking lot, and nobody there. Why? Because I was certain it was here. You know what it means to be wrong. We, what I'm saying, and I didn't get hit up. I'm saying here, it, it's, it's not about speculation. It's about keeping your eyes fixed upon the author and the perfecter. You know... The thing that scares me the most is that it seems in so many ways that we've reduced the gospel to one's receiving God's forgiveness. Please hear me on this. this to me, it's huge. We've reduced the good news. We've reduced the gospel to somebody receiving God's forgiveness. Now, don't misunderstand me. I mean, that's huge. Yes, it is. But if that's all it is, then he knows this life is going to be very difficult for each and every one of us. There's got to be more to it 
than just receiving forgiveness. Hello? The good news is so much more, friend. It's, it's not only are my sins forgiven, but I'm brought into an actual functioning union with God through Christ. Grab hold of that for a minute. Let it blow your mind a little bit. Let it get you off that launching pad in the space, if you will, because you've been sitting in that hole in that right long enough. There's more to this than forgiveness. It, it, it's that I'm brought into an actual functioning union with God through Christ. Hello, somebody. Now, 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 now let, me, let me just, let me just, mm -hmm. Christ in you. I live, yet not I, but Christ lives where? In me. God works where? In you. Our problem is we keep looking out there when God's working in here. Want to see it out there when God said, in here. God works in you. Greater is he that is in He that is joy to the Lord, the scripture says in Corinthians, is one spirit with him. So, so here's the key. The key to his yoke being easy and his burden light. And that is, he does not merely tell us what to do. But he enters into union with us to be the ability to do it. Think about that for a second. It's not about just telling us what to do. He enters into union with us to be the ability to do it. Well, when Paul is explaining how to live this life, he does so in Colossians 3 there in your notes, when Christ, who is our life. And, and then don't just let that go. I mean, there's a, there's a phrase that he uses that can be missed amongst all the other stuff. And, and that phrase is, again, Christ, who is our life. John says right below it, he says, he who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son, you don't. Don't get no plainer than that. So, so let me put it to you very simply. To live in eternal life is to live in the ability of another's life. To live in eternal life is to live in the ability of another's life. Now, our biggest problem right there is that when we hear the word eternity, we think of an endless extension of days. And and and, and honestly, when, when when John 3.16 says very simply that whosoever believeth in him will not perish but have what? Everlasting. That word right there, take a look at it, don't trust me, look it up. It doesn't mean an endless extension of days. Everybody has an endless extension of days. Correct? We all are going to live forever. Our spirits are eternal. The only question is where, where our spirits are going to spend eternity at. That's, that's the question. 
This eternity means a God quality, God kind of life. God instilled, God given ability kind of life. The ability of another's life. Let's, let's be straight up here. Because our idea of God is he's out there somewhere. Right? He, he's outside of us. We don't think of God as inside of us. We think of God out there somewhere. So we gotta get we gotta get him over this direction. We gotta try and get his I know he's aware of everything, he's so forth and so on. And and I know that he's right there, he's in our midst, he's all this stuff. But I want you to grab hold of this and understand that 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 he, you know, it's whew, he's out there somewhere and, and he's giving us aids. So, you know, so so as we struggle to, to keep this life. We're supposed to live. He's, he's, he's there for us. Please understand this. This is huge for me. I couldn't do this life. I've said it thousands of times. You know, like the best day came when? When I quit living for God. I started living from Him. Instead, it changed everything. He is within me. Alive. In, in my personality, being his holy self, this, this, this consciousness that is caused because of that. Paul says it there in Galatians 2.20. And I, I just, you know, let, let's just say it again. I don't even have it here. Do I have it up here? Yeah, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I, which I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Chew on that. Chew on that. Okay, Pastor, then, then how does it work? I, if Christ is actually in me, how does his life actually become my life? Well, I'm glad you, you asked that question. Why? Because I just happen to have it in my notes right here. And I don't foresee anything longer than two hours. How about that? But here's the thing. When we're faced with life's problems, the pressures of life, and ain't nobody in here escapes that. Whether it be your health, whether it be your finances, whether it be your career, whether it be your relationship, I don't care what it is. We all face the problems, the pressures. How is it then that we live, yet not us, but Him? Well, let's look. Um, take a look at, at verse or chapter six of John here. He says, and Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Now, that, that's a huge statement that, that's being said there. Uh, and I, I'm probably getting all my notes mixed up here, but enough to say this. When we come to, 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 to Matthew 14 and John 6, there's a story in there about the crowd that had followed Jesus. They followed Jesus to a place that was called a desert place. And, and, and we know the, the count, you know the count, 5,000. 
give them each a wife and a kid. You could have anywhere from 15 to 20,000. But we know that, that 5,000 men were present. It's been a long day. Christ had compassion on them. He was healing them. Things were happening. And, 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 and then Philip comes along and, and you know, they're talking about different things and, and, and so forth. The disciples had said to Jesus, send them away because it's getting late here and, and they're hungry and the reality is, you know, they, they need to go. Isn't it amazing how we contribute to God and his wisdom with our logic? Jesus said to them, you give them something to eat. In, in, oh, man. If you continue on with the story, Philip you know, is basically saying, where are we going to find enough bread for them to eat and the eight months of wages that we'll need to pay for it? And, and then another guy, Andrew, he pops up and says, I got this boy here. He's got five rolls, two fishes. I mean, you've heard this story how many times? And, 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 and here's, here's the point. Here's what we all face. Here's what we all go through. Are you ready? It always seems, no matter what we're facing, the impossibilities, the level, what we're looking at that's coming at us, whether it's present problems or circumstances or the pressures of life, it always seems like the supply seems to mock our hopelessness. In their case, the hopelessness of feeding all those people. The supply that we have, and then we look at what's there, it mocks it. Did you ever have a scenario or a situation with what you have isn't even going to come close to meeting the need that's in front of you? It's okay to shake your head like this. Turn to your neighbor, take a look at him, go. Okay, you stubborn thing, don't turn the supply seems to mock their hopelessness. So, so what does Jesus do? He has them sit down. He takes the bread and he blesses it. He breaks it into 12 pieces. You've got this bread and you've got these two small fishes. And he breaks this bread and in fishermen's hands, he places 12 pieces of these five little buttermilk biscuits. And he places 12 pieces of what's left over from probably a crappie. <laughs> and it, it, they're just the teeny weeny things. The 12 men feel this. They feel the bread, or what bread, you know, the, the little crumb that's in their hand. They feel the bite. Okay? Now, now listen. Every sense tells them they don't have enough bread for one person to be satisfied, let alone a whole mom. They don't have enough bread for one person to be satisfied. But Jesus is telling them, get this, contrary to appearance. He's telling them, you do have enough. Would you please let that sink into your own life? 
what you feel you don't have enough. But Jesus is saying, you do have enough. <laughs> Where's Jesus? In me. Where is God? In me. He's not out here sometimes. He's out there, yes. But he has joined himself to me. He abides in me. I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Greater is he. But, yeah. Uh, now watch this. They, they turn to the crowd. They walk to the crowd. The crowd's looking at them. Right? They walk toward the crowd and they give away what they can neither see or feel. They can they give away what they can neither see nor because truth has said it was really their truth. You could have said no. I don't feel it. I don't feel it. I'm not going to lift my hands and worship God because I don't feel it. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to do this or that because I don't feel it. I'm not going to go out and do it because I don't feel it. Feelings. Oh, feel, I forgot the other words. Feel, quickly, they realize within their first room, this bread isn't going away. Now, now remember this. It doesn't decrease. It hasn't increased. It remains the same size. It hasn't increased. It hasn't decreased. It remains the same size. Here it is. It was more than they could carry, but they never felt more than a fistful in their hand. It was more than they could have ever imagined carrying. But, again, I'll say it would, it, but it, it just, mm, feel it. I don't feel Thank goodness God's bigger than feelings. Thank goodness his truth is larger than our emotions. Thank goodness that God is bigger than our attitudes and our opinions. Amen? Man. Mm -hmm. What happens? They go around and pick up the leftovers, and I love this. This, this little piece in their hand, right? Has, it has not only fed thousands, but it ends up back in their own hands as a basket full. Huh. I don't know, maybe you've heard the story too much. I don't believe in hearing the story too much. It blows my mind every time I come back to it. 
It shows me something different every time I look at it. God's word doesn't become boring in these senses. It, 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 I look at this and, and, and it blows me away that they never felt more than a fistful in their hand, but it was more than they could have carried. Look, it ends up back in their own hands as abundance. As more than they could even eat. Twelve of uh, They had breakfast the next day. Can somebody say amen? See, it'll be a little bit later that Jesus will be talking to those the next day. And, 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 and it's very key. He, he will look at them and he will tell them that you seek me not because you ate of the bread. I'm sorry, not, not you, you seek me because you ate of the bread and, and not of the signs. They've gotten their, 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 their objective, their focus completely out of whack. And, and, and in here, please, please understand this, Jesus is going to pour out that all they witnessed to, everything that they saw was nothing less than a shadow of who he was. Now, now let, me, let me get back to that, that verse there in, in, in verse 6 and, and 35. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. What, what did he mean? What, did, what in the world did he mean by that? Well, let's just put it very simply. He was pointing to himself as the total supply to all needs. Oh, yes, he is. Where does he live? And who is he? He was pointing to himself as the total supply to all needs. He, woo, woo who monitors himself. <laughs> he who is total supply to all needs lives where? I want you to think about what you're saying and the reality of what those words mean. <sighs> Listen, he's not just a doorway to God's supply. He is the supply. He's not just a doorway. He is the supply. You know, when we see Christ as Lord and Savior, and then it seems like we're always asking God for more. You know, we need, I, we need more patience. We need more love. We need more this. We need more that. Everything else. So, so we can be more like him. So we can be a better person and all these other things. Better Christians, right? When, when we receive him in our lives, he comes to be all that. He comes to be, look, 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 look. He said, I am the bread of life. He is the bread of life. Now, He's united to us. United. We, we don't feel that. See, you're sitting there, we're looking around, and I'm going to join Christ. I don't feel, you know, just 
in front of us, what's around us, and all we do is judge by what we feel in our head. Not enough. God, look at what we do. God, look at what we face. God, look at what we feel that day. God, look at what I feel with this. God, look at what I'm the sick. I got to say, not enough. Little piece of bread, little piece of fish. And that's huge and not enough to satisfy. It's not enough. We don't have enough to meet the crisis of, of, of what's going on, what's facing us. Well, we assume that, that in our present state of relationship to him that we have, right, it's, it's not enough. And I don't even know what to do. I don't know what it's supposed to be. Sure, and maybe if I read the word more, maybe if I pray more, maybe if I do other things more, and we put on those bondage and tablet, and what does, what does the enemy do? <laughs> Thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. And as soon as we get that in our heads, that it's not enough. Feelings. I love feelings. I love what I feel when I sit in front of a steamy, big pepperoni sausage and mushroom pizza. It's a great feeling, you know what I mean? Or big bowl of I won't tell you flavor ice cream. Feelings. And all I feel is this, God. So I've fallen short. So I gotta, I gotta get God. I gotta get more God. I need more God. I, I need more. No, you don't. You already got all of God. He's joined. To you. You, as a child of God, have all of God in you. Now, I'm not going to be serpent. I'm just going to go on with it. Because what happens when we, 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 we've got to feel enough. We've got, we just got to feel like we've got enough. If we're going to make it, if we're going to do it, we've got to feel like we've got enough God. So what do you do? Wait, we fast. We, we pray, we go through prayer lines, we hope for an experience that will make us feel we've got enough. But the whole time, we're already containing the inexhaustible supply. Look, the disciples found it easy to see a multitude with so much need that they wanted to send them away. 
but Jesus saw something already there waiting to be manifested by the action of the disciples. Turn to the next one. He sent them to serve what they did not feel they had because he saw what they did have. Just, mm. you know, our trouble really is the same. We don't see that. We, we, we know we've met with him, but we don't see all the things that are now ours. Paul says that we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Does that mean anything to you? No, I don't really get the Bible. We'll get the Bible. Let the Holy Spirit teach you a few things. Joint heirs. Yeah, his father passed away last fall, right? So the kids, her sister and brother and her, became joint heirs of daddy's stuff. Good, bad, ugly. Even the stuff that made you go, what is this kind of thing? But they're joint heirs. So they each had what each other had. So if we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ, it means that we have what he has. Joint heirs. How is that possible? Because we are vitally united into one spirit together. I live, yet not I, but my joint heir lives within me. And the life that I live in the flesh I live by what he's got. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loves me and, and, and gave himself for me. Look, hmm, understand what that's saying up there. Understand the totality. He saw what they did have. What's the biggest problem in America today? We see what we don't have. What's the biggest problem with kids today? <laughs> Their parents. And all the young people said. Seriously. Our focus is what? On what we don't have. Rather than what we do. Yeah, see? Hmm. We still pray for what's right in front of us. What we do is we see the need and, and, and tend to be blind to the supply. We get all taken up by all that stuff that's right there in front of us. And all it's there to do is to incapacitate you, to build fear, to bring you to a place where you can barely exist. Look, where is the supply? It's 
at least in the units. Where is the supply? In us. In us. Say it with me. In us. Yes, where does Christ live? In us. He who is supplied lives where? In us. Greater is he that is in us. That's the key. And guess what? We don't feel that. We don't feel it. It doesn't mean it's not truth. Diane, you're late again. <laughs> John, don't forget my regards. I need you afterwards. <laughs> when we have seen the fullness of his grace over and over and over again, it changes the way we walk. There's a boldness. God's grace produces a boldness in me. Hello, somebody? Uh, God's grace produces a, a boldness. We, 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 we just we recognize supply where we're none can be seen or felt by, by human eyes. You know what it is to sit there and in your spirit where you are joined to him. Do you know what it is to sit there and Jesus says, we'll be okay. I got this one. Don't fret. Be still and know him. You know what it's like to sit there and have that rush of peace come all over you? And it's huge. Peter and John, going to the temple, came to a lame man in Acts chapter 3. Peter's not got any gold, he doesn't have any silver. You know what he has? Only a fist of the bread of life. That's it. That's all he felt. He didn't have to feel it anymore. He knew that he had ultimate supply joined to him who is almightiness and health. And what does he do? He feeds the man Pastor, I just, I don't know God that well. I just, I don't, I don't know him. I just, you know, I've never really been able to get into the word, my prayer life. Prayer life? I don't even, no, nah, I don't have a prayer life. And if I do, it's only to bless the hamburger I'm about to eat. Let me tell you something. You're in this place this morning as a believer. The enemy has had a heyday on. That yoke is not easy and his burden is not light. It's, it's, it's difficult. That should be a barometer that tells you that's not God. Because then he says it's easy and it's light. 
He means it's easy and it's light. Anything outside of that, that's not God. If it's such a burden for you to read your Bible, that's not God. If it's such a difficult burden for you to pray, that's not God. It's not even who he is. I come back to that every time and I look at that and I say to myself over and over again. Because you know what the enemy does? The least little bit, he hits us with guilt. He hits us with shame. He, he's a master at that stuff. But, but here's the thing. Here's, here's the truth. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. And faith is not something I muster up to, to believe you. No. Even demons believe in the trembling. Faith is what comes from my time in his presence. But I told you, I don't know how to, I don't know how to pray. I don't, the, the Bible doesn't Just spend time in his presence. But my mind goes everywhere. Well, then just throw on a little bit of worship music. And spend time in his presence. In that presence, he builds a faith so that we can turn and walk by faith. Because faith isn't something you bring to him. Faith is something you walk out from him with. You walk by faith, not by sight. And, 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 and I'll, just, I'll just add to it enough to say this, because in, in all honesty, we become wonderfully aware of a life flowing in our life Causing us to live a life we did not feel. The results, we discover at that time his yoke is easy and his burden is light. That's not what you feel. That's not God. God doesn't condemn you, doesn't beat you up. You haven't read your Bible. You haven't prayed to me. I like using that voice. That's kind of fun. You dirty sinner, you. Really? That's God? You know what God says to me? You know, you know what motivates? Oh, man. I'm not saying, no, you're not supposed to read his word. No, I'm going to word about prayer. That's not what I'm saying. But you gotta understand, the reason I pray and the reason I read my Bible is because of the relationship I have with him. It's, it's, it's as simple as that. I, I don't read it and pray to maintain it. I read it because that's what I have to do. When I sit down, I begin to read his word and I begin to talk to him and I begin to meditate, I find myself more and more places where I get a chance to just think on him, talk to him. And he's talking. And all of a sudden, I'm aware of a supply I didn't have. But all I feel is a little piece of bread and a little piece of fish. Believer, let God rise and let his enemy be scattered. 
So submit to God and, and he will draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Resist the enemy and he will flee from you. You can't resist the enemy without first what? Drawing near to God. What are you going to do with this? What are you going to walk out of here and do with this? That's the question. What are you going to do with this information the Spirit of God has been speaking into your spirit about the life that you're living? Friend, we've got a world that needs to hear the good news. Not some bad news. This world needs to hear the hope that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. I used to know, know a guy. He was a street witnesser, and he made sure that if he nailed you, you were getting saved. And he walked that street, and as soon as he came up to somebody, he met somebody wherever it was at. He liked to hang around the bars, too. He'd really get them there. He would just hit, he wanted to accept Jesus. I love his heart. I love that he was a good guy. But it was like, and people would say, yes, yes just to get rid of them. What's the favorite thing? I, I mean, he, he basically says, I want you to have what I have. I don't think so. Friend, we need to reach this world of ours with the love of God, the power of God, the assurance of God, the determination of God. And with the recognition, recognition that he's not out there somewhere. It's a fight, isn't he? Now, I, I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what the circumstances surrounding your life are today. But I can stand here and say, I'm sure all you're feeling is a little piece of bread, a little fish. That's okay. You can feel like it's not enough. As long as you know, he who is the supply is joy to me. I don't look at tomorrow. I do tomorrow, but I don't try to forecast tomorrow based on what I have today. Friend, God wants to do a miracle in your life. God wants to do a work in you that only he can do because of who he is. Father, I thank you for this morning, for your word, for your touch in this place. I thank you that as we come together here this morning, we can come together knowing that as we walk by faith and not by sight, we're becoming more and more Incredibly aware of this life of 
flowing in our life, causing us to live a life we don't feel. We discover your yoke is easy to be born in this life. Forgive us for hanging on to a lie that said quite the other. Thank you.
rise up from within us. Let your name be proclaimed in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please take the packet that you received coming in? And as we prepare ourselves for the need to sing a course for you. At the cross, is that it? At the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burdens of my heart rolled away. Pray again, I receive my healing in every organ, in every cell, in every part of my body. After supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So we partake of the cup together. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Would you stand with me this morning? Thank you. 